around the world are the most persecuted? Is it minority religions or is it Christianity? I think you're going to be surprised at the answer. From the nation's capital, this is Use Your Voice with Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America. Here's your host, Penny Nance. Welcome to Use Your Voice. Joining me today is Dr. Shay Garrison, who's Concerned Women for America's Vice President of International Affairs. Dr. Shea has an amazing record and credentials, and I'll let you share those with our audience, Shay. But today we want to talk a little bit about religious freedom around the world. Mm-hmm. I think we get really caught up in the United States on sometimes what are, what's real discrimination and sometimes, frankly, what are just slights. I mean, the idea that we call something, I I mean, I'm maybe hurting people's feelings here, but the war on Christmas, right? It's not a real war. (laughs) People have, around the world, understand real war and understand what it means to really suffer for your faith. And I think it's important for us to recognize that. So, welcome. Share with our audience a little bit of who you are, and then let's, let's launch into that. Well, thank you, Penny, so much for having me today. This is such an important topic that we're talking about, religious liberty around the world. And um, I I guess I want to get right into it. But I'll tell you first, uh, before coming to CWA about a a year ago, I worked in women's empowerment around the world, especially on their economic freedom, but also on their social freedoms. And I've seen a lot of human rights abuses around the world. And that's why I wanted to come and work on that with CWA from a Christian conservative perspective. Right. You know, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of energy spent by people on the left that really just want to consider freedom and, you know, want to talk about the issue of discrimination and they want to talk about people's human rights being violated only from the issue of abortion rights, right? Right. They have it completely wrong. And I love it that you, before coming here, talked about, understood and worked around the world on economic freedom for women. Let's Mm -hmm. remember that around the world, some women can't drive. Some women can't vote. Mm -hmm. They can't have jobs. They don't have, you know, they may have a husband who beats them senseless, yet they cannot leave and actually take care of their own, and have their own children, Mm -hmm. have access to their own children or their own money or even own property or inherit property you know i'm on the women's suffragist commission we're at 100 years now and really about 100 years ago that was the state of women in this country and fortunately we had susan b anthony and elizabeth caddy stanton and women who went around and and exposed this issue to women around this country and things changed but there are so many women around the world who are suffering aren't they Yes, and I, that's one thing I'd like to get across to our listeners today is when we talk about women's empowerment around the world, we're not talking about sidelining men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what we're doing is bring focus to the abuses that women face around the world that we don't in America. Many of you just, you just went through a really important list there, and so that's why we're focusing on women's issues around the world in my department and their abuses. And as you mentioned, uh, women are actually uh, abused for their religions, just as uh, men are. That's uh, a big topic. Um, 
one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is that religious persecution is not getting better. In the past 10 years, the number of countries where religion is persecuted has more than doubled. Um, and our friend Ambassador Brownback has estimated that 80% of the population of the world lives in a place that restricts religion. And you're talking about uh, former governor from Kansas, Sam Brownback, former senator, Sam Brownback, and yes. he, now he is the U.S. ambassador on religious freedom mm -hmm. at the U.S. State Department and That's is right. doing a fantastic job. At the beginning of this, I said, you know, what group is the most, and, and of course, it, no one should be abused for their religion. Everyone should be able to, to practice their religion freely. Mm -hmm. But around the world, I was shocked to read that the most persecuted religious group in the world are Christians, yeah, right? That's right. Um, 215 million Christians experience a high to an extremely high level of persecution around the world. They are the most persecuted religious group in the world. Um, what, and how does that play out? Tell me what that looks like for both men and women. Well, um, one person I wanted to talk about uh, is Miriam Ibrahim, our friend mm, who was put into prison her. in Sudan for her Christian faith. She was raised by a parent who was Christian, a parent that was Muslim, and she married a Christian man, was asked by her government to renounce her Christianity. She said no. She's a Christian woman that was put into prison and forced to give birth with her legs in shackles. And um, I want to talk about your relationship to her uh, release mm. from prison in just a minute. But that right there is an example of what's going on around the world with Christians. So you're right. In comparison to a war on Christmas, um, there is no comparison. We have no idea. We, I know and I've read also, I don't, I don't have sort of the, the experience that you have, but um, for men, it's often, it may be that they're not allowed to have a job. Mm -hmm. It may mean imprisonment. For yes. women, it may be rape and forced marriage and imprisonment. I mean, it is a very, very insidious and evil practice. It ranges from a lot of different things. Like you said, people um, being sidelined economically, not being able to get a job because they are a Muslim or Christian, wherever it is, um, to the fact that over one million Uyghurs who are Muslims in China have been put in these detention camps to brainwash them into giving up their Muslim faith. Mm -hmm. So there's a large variety of different kinds of persecutions uh, just when religion. we thought communism, right, had gotten nice or something, right? Yeah, no, it <laughs> Because <hasn't. laughs> they're our trading partner. This, remember, for the communists, the state is God, and any other God that you choose is in direct conflict with the state, and they must beat it out of you, brainwash it out of you, do whatever it takes in order to, be, to make that go away. Yeah, and, and so, Penny, that's why our administration is putting such a focus on religious freedom. Um, as you know, I attended the Ministerial to Advance yes, Religious Yes, tell us freedom. about that, and, and God bless Mike Pompeo, right? This Amen. Is, he's, the, he's the man who called the first ministerial a year ago in which, and you know, for people who don't know what that is, that he invited all the ministers uh, that had overview and, and input on the issue of 
faith and religion in their countries to come to the United States and to do a conference specifically on religious freedom. Last year was the first one. This is the second one. Tell us about it. This year is the second, and we had over a 1,000 people, foreign ministers, as you said, religious leaders, civil society organizations, come to a table at the State Department in July and talk about how do we advance religious freedom around the world? How do we protect religious minorities? And it was, it's, it was such an experience. Um, I wanted to tell you about two people that really stood out to me. Rabbi Myers from Tree of Life Synagogue. You remember that massacre mm-hmm. that happened yes. there last year where a gunman, uh, gunman uh, shot and killed 10 people, I believe it was, and he survived it and witnessed it. This was it in Pennsylvania. In Pittsburgh, yeah, in Pittsburgh. And um, he had such a message of hope and love, mm-hmm. which is one thing that struck me. He did want to uh, just caution, though, that we stop the hostile rhetoric, rhetoric that we use in the media, uh, mainly is what he talked about, um, and just really tone down how we talk to people, talk to each other in love and with compassion mm-hmm. and with patience. And the man that came after him was Dr. Ahmed from uh, Al Noor Mosque in New Zealand. If you'll remember, right. there was mass shootings at two mosques in New Zealand in March. And Dr. Ahmed lost his wife in the shooting in his church, or in his mosque, rather. And um, he also had a message of hope. He has forgiven the man that killed his wife and gunned down all of these people. Um, he is in a wheelchair, not from that uh, shooting, but he's that's what his life is. And um, he, he actually sang. It really mm-hmm. touched my heart. He, he sang the song that was translated um, just about how we are all um, in, in different religious groups to collaborate and get together. So mm-hmm. it was just such a symbol of what was going on in the ministerial. And I found out later that when the Tree of Life Synagogue was went through that tragedy, that a Muslim group um, had sent money to them to help. Well, in the same way, a, a American Jewish group in Pittsburgh sent money to the mosques mm. to help them. And that's, that's the symbolism of what the ministerial was set up to do. You know, I think sometimes as Christians, we're very cautious about interdenominational, interreligious activities. I would strongly suggest that there's a big difference between compromising on your theology, mm-hmm. which I will never compromise on. <laughs> I'm a born-again follower of Jesus Christ, and I believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through him. Amen. However, I can love everybody, right. and I can protect everybody and i can work to use my voice and i hope you are willing to use your voice as you listen today to speak up for the religious freedom of everybody regardless and then i have the freedom to share my religion Mm -hmm. and they have the freedom to listen or reject right right? and that and so it works for all of us two different things really when i talk to people i have many muslim friends who will listen to me and my beliefs because they learn from them as I learn from them, um, they are great believers in the peace of Islam, and uh, they are fundamentally based in their family, family mm-hmm. and in life. Mm-hmm. 
actually. And uh, we differentiate between, you know, that's this is what I believe. It's not going to change. Mm -hmm. But I would love to hear about you and your religion and how it has helped develop you personally in your family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that sometimes that comes a, an opportunity for, for witnessing. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just an opportunity for friendship. Right. Well, and there's a bunch we could say about that, about being open to sit down and have a meal with someone who's different with you in order to share truth, you know, is is much more important than drive-by witnessing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah, you just spout a bunch of rhetoric and someone. the Roman road and then move on instead of actually moving into someone's life and making a difference in their life and then having yes. perhaps they'll be open to hearing why that you so strongly and firmly believe in your mm -hmm. faith in Jesus. So Showing respect for another person's life. This is so great. Let's just take a quick break here, and in just a moment, we'll be back to Use Your Voice. Hey, ladies, you're smart, passionate, and savvy. You care about your family, and you care about our nation. That's why you should join Concerned Women for America. I'm Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I pray you will visit ConcernedWomen.org to learn how you can add your voice to the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. That's ConcernedWomen.org. Welcome back. I'm here with Dr. Shay Garrison, who is the Vice President of International Affairs here at Concerned Women for America. And we're talking about the important issue of religious freedom and uh, just sort of the consequences for um, discrimination and abuse around the world. Um, so when we left, we were talking about, you know, what, what we had, you had just done at the uh, ministerial. ministerial. So you had something else you wanted to share. Well, actually, I think you're the one that should chime in on this because you know more about it than I do. This was the highlight of the ministerial for me. At a reception, uh, they had invited many survivors of religious persecution. And so I knew this woman was a survivor. I didn't know who she was, but she was sitting by herself. And I went and sat down and got to talking with her and found out her name was Miriam Ibrahim. And I was thinking, wait, I know this name. And she immediately, oh, she asked me, what organization are you with? I said, Concerned Women for America. She, it took her five seconds to find on her phone a picture of you, Penny, <laughs> hold up that picture and say, is this your president? And I said, well, yes. Why do you have a picture of her on your phone? <laughs> she said, she helped me. She was a friend to me. CWA was a friend to me when I was imprisoned in 2014. And I found out more later. I was in oh. CWA. So you tell us, Penny. Well, about and you, that. she, <laughs> she, you sent me that picture, and I just burst into tears because it, you had talked about her story earlier. She's Sudanese. Um, she was imprisoned because of her faith. They, she, to her baby, one baby with her, and they forced her to give birth while she was okay. shackled to That's a second right. one. And we made a. It, this was during the Obama administration, and Christian persecution wasn't high up on the list of of Hillary Clinton's State Department and the the White House during that time. And so, Concerned Women for America went over and held a rally in front of the White House on her behalf and the half and behalf of other Christians around the world who were imprisoned. And it was it was such an 
amazing time. <laughs> I told you this story about we're there in our high heels and sundresses. It was hot and and we're with signs and, you know, we're, we're talking about the president. We're doing media. And all of a sudden I noticed there was all these Secret Service agents that showed up with ponytails. <laughs> and they called all these women Secret Service agents out because they didn't want the visual uh, because they didn't know us. They didn't know what. And, of course, we weren't going to get arrested. We knew what the rules were and we were willing to abide by that. We just wanted to make the point um, to and tease this out and, and make a point to the White House with the White House behind us as background. Um, but anyway, it was kind of funny. So they, they, want, they didn't want the visual of, of men having to manhandle us and arrest us in our <laughs> high heels and in our stilettos and sundresses. But that was never going to happen. But But the important thing is it worked. Mm-hmm. It worked. We were able to draw attention and we didn't, it was Concern Women for America and other organizations together. We were able to draw attention to her plight yeah. and that we embarrassed the White House into actually doing something. And so she was released and then she came to the United States and was absorbed into the Sudanese community up north. And um, I didn't know she even knew who we were. Yeah. So that was, I just <laughs> cried. And that was one of those things that, you know, we do things Every day we're, we're working on behalf of the least of these. And many times they'll never know us and know our names. And that's just fine because we're going to do the right thing with your support and your help, listeners. But it is sweet to find out people knew. She knew. She knew it, who we were. It was, the, like I said, probably the highlight of, of my year. I called you and told you and you said, I didn't know she knew who we were. And you cried. I cried. Yeah. And um, anyway, it just made me realize it's not about policy it's not about issues it's about people like her and that is why we're doing what we're doing and just made me feel more proud to be here Mm -hmm. (laughs) tell us about the commission that you're working on well the u.s commission for unalienable rights was just launched by secretary of state pompeo about five weeks ago this commission has set up a, a a advisory board And what the board is going to do is make sure that our U.S. foreign policy on human rights is grounded in America's founding principles Mm -hmm. of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are unalienable rights, um, like the the uh, freedom of religion and the importance of that, the freedom of freedom of speech, freedom of conscience. But you mentioned this in the beginning of of our conversation that there are so many human rights and organizations out there that are fighting in the name of human rights for things like internet access or access to abortion. Noise pollution, right? Yes, against noise pollution, <laughs> even against the right to be uh, not to be offended. And they put all of this under the umbrella of human rights, just like the fundamental rights that I just mentioned. Here's Mm -hmm. the difference. The fundamental unalienable rights are Mm God-given. They are inherent to all of us as people around the world. They are not given by the government. So that doesn't mean that these government-given rights are bad. We all disagree on what which, one, which ones of them are good and which ones of them are bad, right? But that's why we have fundamental human rights. If, our, um, if we secure those, then we have the freedom to pursue all these different political mm-hmm. agendas that we have. Anyway, that's what the commission is set up to do. 
Um, at CWA, we're, we're just so proud of the work that Secretary of State Pompeo is yeah, doing. I tell you. And we've just written a coalition letter in support of this commission to send to him today, our House and Senate Foreign Relations, to say we applaud this. Good job. Let's protect people like Miriam Ibrahim. Let's keep the focus on that mm -hmm. and off of this. Uh, off of abortion. Yes. You know, <laughs> for example, th can I just take a second and recognize that this is how we know that elections have consequences. Yes. Right. When you have a man like Mike Pompeo running the U.S. State Department who understands the difference between God given fundamental rights that are inherent mm -hmm. to every human being versus the politics of it. Um, and, and because I got to admit, you know, the past the past administration was in the politics of it and was much more interested in in advancing a political agenda than protecting Miriam Ibrahim, who's the perfect example, mm -hmm. human rights to mm -hmm. believe as she wanted to believe in her faith and to have freedom in Sudan. Right. And so I just am so grateful for him. What an amazing man. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope to have him speak at an event at some point for us. Um, but I just can't say enough. He actually is. I know I know him, and I've known him when he was a congressman, and I know him to be also a follower of Jesus. Yes, and is. just to be a and brilliant, I mean brilliant, former CIA. He, he's, I think he was like, was he Army Ranger, Navy SEAL? I don't know, something. Yeah, Army patrolled the Iron Curtain. Uh, okay, well, you, you don't get... <laughs> much tougher than that he's a really um, unbelievable man and i'm so grateful for his leadership honestly and, um president trump was very smart to choose him for yes. this job and as you know i've had the honor of meeting him as well and he's a nice man too yeah, <laughs> just nice. down to earth um but penny if we don't um, do what this commission is set up to do if we don't focus on real human rights for one thing, we lose the focus off the real victims, like mm -hmm. Miriam, that we just talked about. The other thing I want to point out is that it gives governments cover to hide behind that are not elevating human rights, that are not protecting human rights. And an example of that is China. You had alluded to this as well. China um, has had great economic development um, in the past decade or so, and they have used that fact on our on the Human Rights Council to say that they believe in and protect their citizens human rights all the while they've got one million over one million Uyghurs detained in these prison camps because they won't renounce their Muslim faith so that's my point the more you mix human rights with these economic or social goals the more it just waters it down and, and gives governments cover and takes the focus off of the real victims that is appalling, and uh, we have similar stories, of course, around the world, which makes what you're doing so important. We didn't even get to, we'll, we'll do a different show with you, Dr. Shea, have you back to talk about the boycott, divest, and sanctions movement, okay. and the rise of anti-Semitism in Israel, yes. which is something we're working very uh, closely on. And, but I would just say to our listeners, if you want to see more from Dr. Shea Garrison, hear more of what she's doing, come to ConcernedWomen.org, and you can see some of her pieces. Sign up 
look for our weekly report. Often there's something or a couple things from Dr. Shea in that. And I would say we're getting ready to have our 40th anniversary gala on September the 12th. So come. We're going to have special guests there. It's going to be at the Trump Hotel. And then we may have somebody really interesting Mm -hmm. as well for lunch the next day. I can't say too much. (laughs) I wish I could. But anyway, and come and meet Dr. Shea and meet us. So that is September 12th at the Trump Hotel. Just come to ConcernedWomen.org. You can sign up for all of this. But most importantly... Thank you for spending this time with us, learning the issues so that you can better use your voice. And thank you. This is Penny Nance with Concerned Women for America. Use your voice. Thanks for listening. Use Your Voice is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. For more information, visit ConcernedWomen.org. That's ConcernedWomen.org. Hey ladies, you're smart, passionate, and savvy. You care about your family and you care about our nation. That's why you should join Concerned Women for America. I'm Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I pray you will visit ConcernedWomen.org to learn how you can add your voice to the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. That's ConcernedWomen.org.